a doctor in the house. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. The doctor is sort of in. Well, he's sort of out. He's on his way back from Hawaii. We got him before he's on the plane here. Dr. Rashid Batari's he's back. It's Advanced Medicine Monday with a Honolulu kind of uh, sway to it. How's, how are those hips moving? They're moving pretty good, Robert. <laughs> did you get out there and do some surfing, or what was the, the family hitting the volcanoes? What happened out there? Yeah, we, we actually surfed, and uh, we got some great video footage of... Uh, my son's actually swimming out in the middle of the ocean with nothing but uh, snorkels and mask. I'm sorry, not even snorkels, just flippers and mask with uh, sea turtles. It's amazing footage. It's just phenomenal. So it was oh, really an cool. awesome trip. Yeah, off of uh, Maui, I think they have a lot of sea turtles at the big island as well. We've seen them right, right there where you can actually swim with them. That is totally cool. Yeah, One of my, yeah it's amazing. My favorite memories was being out there on a, in a January, and I was swimming off of Maui near, uh, I think they call it Molokini, which is like that old uh, volcanic cone that's partially sticking out of the water there. Mm-hmm. And we went down to do some diving. And then I was doing some free diving after everybody was back on the boat. Now, it was at the time in the winter where the whales were coming through the channel there, and I was literally being bathed in the whale song. I mean, I could hear it with my human ears underwater. It was like all of that you hear on recordings and on video. It was actually happening. It was just amazing. We were actually on Molokini ourselves, and we went uh, snorkeling there. Mm-hmm. And it was actually the same trip where um, we went to a different part, and that's where the turtles were, and that's where the kids were swimming with them. It's, it really is amazing footage. What's really strange is when i'm looking at the video footage which i shot myself mm-hmm. you don't see the bottom it's just ocean i mean you're out there and they have no snorkels there's no scuba it's they, neither one of them like the snorkel so this like the mask and the they're like me in that way i'll just put on the goggles and go i don't i don't need anything in my mouth i'll just breath dive and do that it sounds like they're real fish too yeah they really really had a great time but the video footage with the turtles was i mean it's it's just amazing you know, you, you couldn't, see it. you couldn't, uh, you couldn't even imagine just being able to do it. I've videotaped it and I'm so glad I had it under camera, video camera with me at the time. And it actually mm-hmm. had the red filter so you could actually videotape everything in color. Nice. So apparently when you're videotaping, you don't have the red filter. There's a lot of loss of color, but with the red filter, you capture all the color. So it's beautiful. Oh man, I can't wait to see it. I remember once again, travel everybody. If you get a chance to travel, I know it's harder for for, for me with my kids to do these big trips, but it is something that they never forget. Even their small road trips to do these things with the family, it's so nice. Uh, but I before I had a family and kids and was married, I actually did a, a kind of a walkabout thing, and I went down to New Zealand, and I swam off the coast of Kaikoura there off of the South Island, and it's like a marine sanctuary preserve, and I actually swam with a wild bottlenose dolphin. I mean, it was like 11 foot. It was huge, a huge dolphin, and it was in the absolute wild and I wouldn't believe it today, except we were with Ann and Alden. Uh, you remember them. They're videographers. They actually filmed it as well. And we were looking eye to eye with this thing. And it's like one of those things. Was that a dream? Did that really happen? Yeah. Yeah, I've swam with dolphins quite a few times, actually. Not wild ones, but um, I guess they, they were originally wild. My brother 
used to train for Astroworld in Houston and then also worked at SeaWorld in Orlando for probably about 10 years. Cool. And so many different opportunities we had during the time when the parks were closed when he was doing some training behaviors with the with the mammals. I had an opportunity to swim with them. So it's been an interesting experience to have done that. He actually messed around with me once, asked me to go in for tra- something that he was training the dolphins for. Yes. And he told me that he wanted me to go out into the middle of the of the pool. Yeah. And, you know, one of the dolphins was very, very friendly. Yeah. And um, the other one seemed to just kind of go around. And my brother had the smirk on his face. You know how brothers do, like they're playing a trick on you. And I was like, what are you, what are you saying? He, you know, what are you laughing at? And he right. said, oh, nothing, nothing, no, no big deal. Well, about 20, 30 seconds into it, he's having me do this. He's, I'm just on my back and the dolphin's jumping over me. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I get like body slammed probably eight feet from the edge of the pool and just gets me slammed right up against the side of the pool. Yeah. And the dolphin, I'm thinking, what the heck, you know, heck is going on? Right. And my brother's laughing. And I said, what was that? And he goes, I don't know. He goes, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And I said, what do you mean? You don't know what you're what, what? I mean, I'm hanging on the edge of the pool trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. And apparently there was a male and a female. And so the female was flirting with me, but the male didn't like it. Oh. And the male body slammed me into the side. So the training behavior I was doing with the female, uh-huh. but I didn't realize it. I didn't know the difference in the sexes. This, and the male is, was probably a 10-foot dolphin. So Yeah, this is like your brother's payback. Did you pick on him when he was a kid or what? what well, was apparently that? I didn't pick on him enough because, you know, <laughs> if I had, then it would be even. But he's definitely got the upper hand on me on that one. Oh, that is wild. Well, listen, I know it's Advanced Medicine Monday, but from time to time, Dr. Vitar and I love to kind of hit, hit some other topics uh, for you that kind of uh, these experiences are, enrich our lives, even when you get body slammed by a dolphin, evidently. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just, you know, just thinking about it as you're heading back from Hawaii and we're going to be together at the next Advanced Medicine Seminar. I heard from Ty. It sounds like he's going to be there, Ty Bollinger, which will be great. And so it's going to be an exciting event. If you haven't already made your plans to be there do so it's it's going to be an amazing thing it's coming up the 19th and 20th of this month it's just a couple of weeks away in fact and the 19th and 20th remind everybody for all the health care providers of any background and then the 20th for everybody the lay audience can come in and everybody interacts it's going to be absolutely fabulous and uh, looking forward to that and yeah you know, we got a lot to do before then of course but i uh, just wanted to say i'm glad you're on your way back because we're looking forward to it Thank you, Robert. I appreciate that. It'll be good to be back home. Now, one of the stories I almost don't want to cover, and you've read it too, at Natural News, the militarized police gone wild across America, terrorizing citizens, shooting pet dogs, behaving like an occupying military force. Now, uh, you know, we're not telling you that every police officer is bad, but any more than we say every medical doctor is bad. I mean, sure, there are a lot of them that we would never want to interact with. But the reality is uh, there are some stuff that, that, that concerns me greatly about the behavior happening now, this authoritarian state kind of concept within the police state. Yeah, I agree with you, Robert. There's always that concern that people that have authority and are allowed to carry a weapon and actually draw a weapon are going to utilize that power in a responsible way. And in the very wise words of Spider-Man, with hmm. great power comes great responsibility. Not everybody exercises the responsibility as they should. And as you said, it's not uh, a factor of you know every police officer, just like every doctor or every mechanic or everybody. You know, there's always good and there's always bad, mm-hmm. and you have to kind of deal with the good and the bad together. But you're right; there is certainly a trend towards more extreme behavior for people that don't warrant that type of uh, behavior. For example, the girl that bought cookie dough and water that 
uh, is Mike Adams wrote about. And there's a couple of stories like that that just, you know, again, it seems like it was a misunderstanding. They thought she had bought alcohol, whatever the case was. But the the way that these things happen, you know, you would think that there would be more control or, or even in the case of the guy whose dog got shot, you know, there would be more control and more restraint on the part of the police officers because right. they have the greater power. But I mean, are they going for the lowest common denominator? Are they looking for the people that are not thinking, let's say, independently, not questioning a situation, really assessing it? Because I, you know, listen, if I want a, you know, a cop that's going to get the job done, I want someone who can assess a situation and make, you know, basically a rational uh, decision based on what you see, as opposed to shooting an animal unnecessarily or surrounding and drawing your gun on a on a basically a twenty year old that buys water. And and let's say she did buy alcohol illegally. Really, is this is this where you need to use potentially deadly force threat? I mean, is it that serious? I mean, I think we, we've lost uh, context in so much of this. And and also, this is also a warning for me to say, remind everybody, the monopoly on the use of anything is dangerous, including and especially the use of force. But like we said, monopoly in medicine has also been dangerous because it's allowed the lowest common denominator to rise up to the top as well. Yeah, that's a really, really valid point, because. One of the first things that anybody learns that handles a weapon is that you don't draw a weapon unless you intend to use it. So the act of actually drawing a weapon on somebody, the pulling of the trigger is not what differentiates the use of deadly force. In other words, if you draw the weapon, you have now basically had the intention of using deadly force. So does a person's dog growling warrant them shooting the dog or or like you said a girl that's buying alcohol even if she was buying alcohol under the age and you're absolutely right it doesn't but here's the scenario Mm -hmm. you know we're in a situation we're looking at this and sure it seems like a really bad thing and i'm not by any means condoning any of those actions Uh, but they're always situations so if you take a thousand people let's say a thousand police officers you're going to have a lot of them that are level-headed that have gone through the training appropriately, et cetera. But you'll always have some that are extraordinarily uh, even killed, and you'll have some that are that should have never become in for- law enforcement officers in the first place, just like with any profession. You know, they're the ones that got picked on, and so now they've got a gun, and they think that they can go around and, and make all the unfair experiences that they had right now by, uh, you know, having right. a weapon and using it inappropriately. So it's probably not fair for us to label everybody but the trend certainly is disturbing that there's more and more things that we hear about that just aren't appropriate and um you know the, the example of the dog being shot by police officers this actually isn't the first time there was this uh, story about three weeks ago four weeks ago where they showed the the dog and the dog isn't attacking he's growling they're obviously there's some type of a situation going on they bring in one of those long poles with the noose at the end they restrain mm-hmm. the dog and now the dog cannot attack anybody. And then the police officer pulls out his weapon and shoots the dog. And so those type of things, just don't, they don't make any sense. You know, you've already restrained the dog. The dog can't come close to anybody because you've got a pole in between you that's 10 feet long. Right. So there's no way the dog can even reach a person. And then you draw the weapon and then you shoot the dog. I mean, that, these are just things. And I'm, I'm a dog lover. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sure, you know, most people are. I, those type of things just don't make any sense. And it's, I don't know whether it indicates on a higher level – our system is failing or does it indicate 
more uh, extreme the people, behavior. The people failing. I mean, you mentioned the, the word trend. And I, and I have to say, as a healer and as you as a healer, we observe trends. You see trends, things coming into your office, certain things that are happening. You're going, okay, something's up. There's a pattern emerging here, much like the pattern that emerged after you know the early 90s and the, adva- the uh, expanded vaccine schedule. You would assess the trend and say there is something behind this. And I think that's the point of this article that people should take away because some people are complaining, oh, it's sensationalistic. You're inciting violence. It's like, no, no, no. The authorities in this case incited and actually engaged in violence. We'd like to see that not have to happen in counterforce. But remember also that when there's a monopoly on the use of force, those that have the monopoly use it. When right. there's a counterbalance to that, they're more restrained in their willingness to use force because there could be consequences to that use. That's a very sound argument, and that's exactly how it should be. I think that's how the forefathers that wrote the Constitution, that's how they saw it. That's the reason for the Second Amendment. I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would find the more disturbing trend, though, if yes. you, know, you and I were uh, going to talk about trends, Looking at the other aspect of this, which is why does Department of Homeland Security, why why do they need two billion rounds of hollow point ammunition for? Or why do uh, different, why why is the IRS being trained on using AR-15s, which is the same thing as an M-16? It's a civilian version of an M-16, which is what our military is issued when they go into war. So I don't quite understand those things. I mean, those are not even trends. Those are just blatant um, well, their, per, their purchases, I mean, they're actually, they're, they're purchase orders. Now, if somebody yeah. says, well, we goofed, we meant 200, not 200 billion. <laughs> you know, so it's like, we, we've covered some of these absurd stories. Like we goofed on the retinal scans in the school in, in Florida and in Polk County. Well, how, how many did you goof on? Like two or three kids? No, about 200, 300. Well, well that, that's not a goof anymore. Yeah, And uh, what also isn't a goof is it, it's Advanced Medicine Monday and Dr. Rashid Batar is heading back from the state in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, just in time for the next Advanced Medicine Seminar. We've got lots more healing to do today, so stand by. All of the archives are available through medicalrewind.com as well, and the links up to everything you need to know are right there at robertscottbell.com. We'll be right back. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Hey. in the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. Talking a little bit about the monopolies out there on the use of force with Dr. Batar right now. Uh, also about the monopoly of the use of uh, freedom of speech. You know, drug companies have had an advantage over dietary supplement companies for many years here that they could actually make claims based on science that could be ca- completely bogus. But if a dietary supplement manufacturer invests the time and energy and uh, to do these validated studies and suddenly makes the claim, anybody could take advantage of that. So it, it doesn't really warrant the investment. But at that point, they could still be targeted for selling an unapproved new drug because the FDA and FTC don't tend to agree with science when it comes from natural products and only from big pharma. And this story, you said Burton Goldberg had sent you here, Dr. Batar. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is this one? Two, two drug companies suing each other over claims? Yeah, basically a U.S. court ruling uh, that gave broad speech protection to scientific articles and essentially comes down to a drug that's used as a anti-surfactant for 
when, when you're dealing with lung issues and basically allows people to breathe better and it's one manufacturer versus another one, the manufacturer that is based out of Amherst, New York, uh, the name of the company is ONY, mm-hmm. uh, ONI, and they basically sued the maker of another competitive lung surfactant product uh, that's based out of North Carolina. And Corner, they actually, Cornerstone Therapeutics in North Carolina. Right. And they're, the, they're actually under contract by an Italian company. And uh, essentially the lawsuit was regarding a claim that one company said that the other company made. And I'll just read this component from the article. In the lawsuit, Oni alleged that Chisel and Cornerstone paid for research designed to show that Chizzy products was superior and then disseminated the false and deceptive findings through an article published in the Journal of Perinatology and through promotional materials citing the article's conclusions. And so it is somewhat ironical because we're talking about a pharmaceutical company fighting another pharmaceutical company, but the basis of the judgment is probably the most interesting fact because it does end up defending the freedom of speech. Essentially, the court considered Cornerstone's use of the articles finding separately. They said that the one company having an opinion, and that's basically what it was, an opinion. They said that the the scientific nature of the argument was something that should be left up to the experts, experts excuse mm-hmm. me. But the rest of the decisions, that's something that the court was ill-equipped to decide on. And so essentially, the lawsuit against Cornerstone was dismissed and Cornerstone was able to make the arguments or make the claims, if you want to call the claims, based upon the fact that they had scientific data to support what their findings were, which again, it's a matter of debate. What's interesting here though is Mm -hmm. how does this actually impact the natural components as opposed to the pharmaceutical components because this in this case is two different pharmaceutical companies now can we take this argument and can we apply it towards producers of natural substances i i would like to think so but i i think there's a double standard on, on freedom of speech when it comes to the drug industry versus the the so-called dietary supplement industry and, and here's a case in point farm alive has uh a, we- a website they cover these stories from Pharma Lot, and I've got it linked up in the show notes today, Doctor Vitar. And it's about honey. Now, you have been involved in producing a dietary supplement, a non-drug, if you will, for many years, and recently got that letter from the FDA and made it untenable to produce under the current thing, even though no one had really, no one had complained. There were no injuries or, or nobody was hurt. And you, know, you actually, know, I don't think you made any any dr- claims that it was a drug, but at some point the FDA decided, well, no, it is, and uh, you're not producing it right. And even though, again, after all those years, we've talked about it on the air. I don't mean to belabor it, but I'm. It upsets me when I see a story like this because here's a company in Texas that's making 100% pure, raw, and unfiltered honey, and actually acknowledged what some people have found to be true that it could help with arthritis, for instance. And so they actually put a recipe on there, a cup of hot water with two spoons of the honey and a small teaspoon of cinnamon powder morning and night. And there was actually a testimonial out there on their Spanish language website that boasted a client of mine that is a doctor told me to try this for allergy relief and it eliminated his allergies, which we know using raw local honey can do that. And there's a preponderance of of evidence, although maybe it's not all peer-reviewed published data, but how much of... You know, centuries of of common use is is now suddenly 
you're, you don't have the freedom of speech to say it without becoming classified as a new drug. Yeah, and that's the biggest issue because in our case, it was the same type of thing. It's a natural substance. The FDA recognized it as being a natural substance, had uh, said that it was grass. It, uh, all the ingredients were grass that generally regarded as safe. It mm-hmm. actually told us that we did not need to get it registered when we first applied in 1998. And, you know, we were trying to make sure that we had done everything above and beyond what was expected of us. In a case of something like honey or raw milk or yeah. uh, vitamin B17, which is apricot seeds, or any of these other naturally occurring substances like saw palmetto or numerous other natural occurring substances that you can just go into a grocery food store and buy. Mm-hmm. When you start looking at substances such as those, now the question comes into play, at what point do I say the water will cure my dehydration, dehydration or yeah. my thirst. Now, by making that claim, you just made water into a drug. The point being that there's a point of absurdity, and I think we have far exceeded that point of absurdity at this juncture. Well, but we, we definitely have. I mean, we, and we've talked about it. We know the FDA listens. And, if you, and as you're listening now, FDA agents, you're absurd. I'm sorry. You're behaving as, well, I'm just doing my job. No, Nuremberg trials. Have you heard about this? It's silly. It's, it's just absurd that, you know, uh, somebody could claim what honey actually does and suddenly now they're in violation of federal law. Well, yeah, but I didn't write the law, says the FDA agent. That's well, a, and that is exactly their response. They've yeah. actually said that to us. Yeah. When we talked about the case of how do you define boiling point, that was one of the questions the FDA discussed at length with us. So when we said, well, when the water is bubbling, we know it's boiling. They said, well, how do you know that the bubbling is actually boiling? So we said, well, because that's when water boils, when it's bubbling. But how do you know that it's 212 degrees? That was what their point was. Because water only boils at 212 degrees, and that's when it bubbles. But how do you know it's 212 degrees? So we're going back and forth, and we finally said, well, because that's what the thermometer says. Well, how do you know that's what the thermometer says? Well, because the thermometer says it. But did you calibrate the thermometer to show that it actually shows 212 degrees when it's at boiling point? I mean, this was a point that was discussed for 45 minutes, and I felt like it was an Abbott and Costello argument. Because it's like, are we really going to just discuss what point? Well, this uh, is, is this defined is, as boiling. This is the breakdown of Western civilization to this point, where you can't get anything done uh, because you have to do stupid. I'm sorry, say it like that. Stuff like this. Uh, we are at that point where honey, or we've talked about it many times over the years, cherry juice concentrates reversing gout and arthritis, suddenly becoming unapproved new drugs simply because you have the the audacity to use your First Amendment protected rights to state what you know to be true. It's an opinion, okay? You can't have an opinion? No, not if you sell something, because that's commercial free speech. That's not the same thing as free speech. It's not? No, it's the same damn thing. And well, yet- then this is exactly the point, Robert, that when, when I brought this question up about the freedom of speech and brought up and talking with the FDA agents, and this is all being videotaped. I mean, I videotaped it. I had it on. They knew that it was being videotaped. They were sitting right there, and they kind of looked at each other like, why is this being videotaped? But then they continued. And the, when, we, when the boiling point, as an example, to continue that thought— they specifically said, they said, well, we don't write the laws. We just enforce them. Right. Oh, exactly. So it's the Nuremberg uh, defense, which doesn't work, doesn't fly. How do you sleep at night? You're, you're destroying the U.S. economy. You're causing people to die needlessly because you're preventing people from accessing natural products that can actually sustain health or regain health. And, of course, they're there. You're there, FDA, to protect the medical monopoly. I hope you feel good about that. Uh, while the American people suffer because they can't access the things that uh, we know 
factually are correct in terms of healing and promoting good health and viability. And that includes the use of raw, organic, unfiltered, pure honey for whatever use you want to use it for. But we're a bunch of little babies, according to the FDA, and it's just that they're following orders. Now, that doesn't fly here. And then you get in the militarized police state. How many of those hollow point bullets are going to the FDA? I don't know. I don't want to find out. And I hope that those FDA agents will back down and say, no, this is ridiculous. I didn't sign on for this. I'm quitting. I'm going to do something that's nourishing to my soul. Unfortunately, though, when you start talking about the fact that, as you told me off the air, and I guess we're going to talk about this, how 47% of Americans are employed full-time, so that means 53% of Americans are not employed full-time, how many people are willing to say, okay, I didn't sign on for this and I'm going to quit, and whether it's FDA, whether it's you know Homeland Security, whether it's TSA, how many of these people are actually going to walk away from a job? that they're depending on feeding their families with. Right. You know, that's the question. And, and it's interesting how this monopoly is being created. In other words, you make more people dependent upon the government for their livelihoods, for their actual revenue that they're keeping their families, uh, you know, sustaining their families with. And then you basically make them dependent on the government. The government's making them dependent on them. And now they have no other choice but to follow orders if they want to continue getting their paycheck so they can continue to survive. Great. Well, I just got confirmation that Ty Bollinger will be officially now 100% confirmed at the Charlotte event, Advanced Medicine Seminar, coming up the 19th and 20th. And, of course, the 20th is everybody's welcome. And I hope the venue is going to be big enough because I expect a lot of folks are going to be coming from all over for this one. Robert, are you having a moment of uh, momentary lapse of lucidity, as we call it in medicine, because... What I just said when you came in with Ty was totally unrelated. It's a non sequitur, but but Ty never really respected you, and he just kind of barged in in the back door and started sending me a message, and I just had to get it out of my head or else he was going to keep doing it. So I'm sorry about that. All right, I'll stomp on his foot when I see him then. <laughs> okay, but I was excited too, genuinely, because the three of us in the room together, that's going to be pretty wild. Well, let's hope it's not too much of a comedy act. <laughs> well, it's okay. We want to make them laugh as well. And, uh, you know, I'm sure even if a federal agent is there, hopefully they'll uh, they'll laugh and get some spirit flown into their bodies as well so that they begin to do things that are honorable instead of dishonoring uh, the freedom that we know of or we knew of once in America where uh, people were adults and they knew how or could or capable of finding how to take care of themselves. And, of course, that's what we're all about, bringing the power to heal back to the people. Well, that's the question, Robert. How do you bring the power back to the people? And how do the people, in the words of Mike Adams at the conclusion of his article where he said, people uh, rise up or be extermin- exterminated, hmm. how does one rise up? What does a person do? Because here's a scenario, as we already discussed, the government makes the, their, their Gestapo agents, the FDA, the IRS, etc., they make them more dependent. There's more and more people that don't have jobs, and now you've got these few people that do have jobs, and they become dependent upon the government. Even if they want to do the right thing, if they quit, they'll have 10 people to replace them. So how does a person actually do something that makes a difference? And, and for not only for themselves, but for mankind as a whole, for the entire population of the U.S., what are things that people can really do to make a difference? Well, that's the big question here on the Advanced Medicine Monday version of the Robert Scott Bell Show with Dr. Rashid Batar. Stick around, and we'll see if we can answer it. Maybe you have an idea as well. You can leave us a message at 866-939-BELL, 866-939-2355. Lots of other questions have been answered on this show. Go to medicalrewind.com. You can listen to hundreds of hours at this point. We'll be right back. 
The Robert Scott Bell Show. Rocking the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. So how do you bring the power back to the people in a state and time where... Uh, Dr. Batari, you referenced one of the articles we wanted to get to. 47% of adult Americans even have a full-time job. And it looks like everybody that wants some kind of job stability is going into government. Therefore, those that are doing government jobs, whether it be TSA, whether it be FDA, look at the world and go, if I don't work here, I work nowhere, I can't feed my family. So if they tell me to do something I am fundamentally against, I got to weigh that out versus eating and this is how, well, I think Nazi regimes come to come to rise in power. You, you no, that's, a, that's exactly what it was. That's that's the reason I asked the question, because it's history repeating itself. Yeah, it really is. Forty seven percent of Americans have a full time job. Forty that's less than. I mean, if you know math, if you, if you haven't been to government schools, you know math. <laughs> you know, that's less than <laughs> half. And uh, this is a Breitbart story. I mean, that this is portending disaster and it's not like we like to look at it this way and and you know we we talk often about principles of upliftment how even in the 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 direst of circumstances that spirit can flow in and uplift you so it's not that we're taking anything away from that in fact there's some people that criticize mike adams about his article saying now you're being negative and a naysayer i i don't agree in that sense i mean to point out something that's occurring like we mentioned to begin today about these trends to point out a trend is to really raise, you know, uh, let's say awareness of something that maybe now you can act according to that so that you'll be better prepared or safer or more able to do something that you feel is in line with your mission here. Yeah, it brings back the notion about, you know, God will help me. Well, God only helps those who help themselves. And it's a story about the man in the valley who's about to have his house flooded as they're going to flood the valley. And when the rangers come in and they said, we're going to take you to safety. And he says, no, God won't forsake me. And then the boat comes and with the rangers and they say the same thing. And he says, no, I'm going to stay. I'm not leaving. God won't forsake me. And then the helicopter comes as the water is now up to the top of the chimney. He's hugging the chimney. And, uh, of course, there's a lot more presentation in the joke than this. Mm-hmm. But essentially, when the helicopter is waved away, the man says, God won't forsake me. And then the house crumbles and the man's trying to keep his HUD above water and then in his final breath right before he drowns he looks to the sky and says god why did you forsake me and the sky parts and god says what do you mean forsake you i sent you rangers in a truck i sent you rangers in a boat i sent you rangers in a helicopter what else do you want from me mm-hmm. so i think this point that we are we, we can keep our head in the sand and people can say that talking about the stuff is being a naysayer but the fact is that god helps those who help themselves meaning that we have a brain, we have the ability, we, we know what we need to do, and now we need to do it. And if we sit back and stick our head in the sand and not do anything, then we essentially don't deserve anything better than whatever we're going to get. We, if we want something better for our families and for our future generations and for our country, then it behooves us to take action and do what's necessary in order to make sure the things that are going awry are no longer going awry. And the question again comes up, what exactly is that action? What do you do? Yeah, exactly. I mean, th- this is uh, something that's not new. It's something that's occurred many times in history. The question is, will we wake up? And if you want somebody to speak out for you, you better darn straight speak out for them right now and don't wait around. 
because by that time there'll be nobody left to speak out for you. And I think these are the, the historical patterns of repeat that do we need to do again? Well, I guess that's up to each and every one of you out there listening. It's up to me. It's up to Dr. Batar. And of course, Dr. Batar has made his choice. You've, you've seen him. We've witnessed and, and he's talked extensively about his willingness to stand up and do what is right in the face of insurmountable obstacles and odds and succeeding. Uh, yet they keep, they keep coming back for more. And that more is something that could end up meaning you have even less. If you don't like where you are now, where do you draw that line in the sand? Are we inciting violence? No, that's not it. But we see evidence of violence being, let's say, perpetrated on its so-called innocent folks because enough of us have not spoken out yet. You know, Robert, that's such a good point. And I think one thing that we can do, and I actually saw this happen almost a decade ago, believe it or not, it was almost 10 years ago that I got this email, but I think that each one of us needs to remind everyone within our circle of influence that if you are a military or a law enforcement officer, whether prior or current, remember the oath that you take. Remember the oath that you did take, because that oath stated that to protect the U.S. Constitution against all enemies, foreign or domestic. And that word domestic was highlighted. It was bolded. It was in caps when this was sent to me 10 years ago. I think that's one thing that everybody should do is to remind everyone that that oath that all law enforcement and all military have to take is that they will defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, because that, at the very least, will make the wheels and the brain start to move. And that's what we really need. Remember that the United States is the greatest, most powerful force on the planet Earth. If that is true, if we are the strongest nation, then what force could undermine that and reduce us to lesser than the greatest force. The only way that could happen, Robert, is from within. It would never happen without. It could never happen from without. It would have to happen from within. And so if we can just make those that are around us, our circle of influence, aware of those facts, just those two lines, that yeah. we're the greatest nation. So if there's, we're the greatest nation, then we, are, we must be doing something wrong ourselves, or we are the, the problem is from within, not from without. And making sure that they remember the oath that they took. But the That's problem it. from within, Dr. Batar, has been misinterpreted purposefully, I might add, by those powers to try to convince people that it's the people who actually, like on the 4th of July, read the Declaration of Independence and really understood the words that were written and why they were written. I mean, those are now considered the enemies, domestic, where, the, where they are the, the real patriots, not the bastardization of the word. Uh, that believe that, yes, sovereignty and independence is a basis for which this country was founded upon and individual liberty was fundamental. And so those are the people now being called the, the terrorists domestically. And then so that's problematic when the powers that be have already corrupted the word so much that you look at the danger within and then you're told to look at the wrong people. Well, absolutely. It's the problem that has happened with happened in medicine. You know, it's evidence-based medicine, what I do, and yet we're said that we're not following evidence-based medicine. We're the ones who actually practice advanced medicine, and we're the ones who are referred to as quacks. And, you know, it's, it's the same type of scenario. They take the true word, and they manipulate it, they bastardize it, they change it for their own, with their own definitions, and then you start pointing at others and saying they're the ones that are guilty, whereas, in fact, the ones that are the accusers mm. of the ones that they're calling guilty, the accusers are guilty themselves. It's almost like that thought process that we've talked about in the past, Robert, about projection. Yes. How an ex-husband or an ex-wife will project their own inadequacies 
onto the other and then say that it was them that did it, whereas in fact they themselves did it. Oh, well, yes. And, yes. You're actually right here. And that's what makes this difficult because it's almost like a divorce, what's happening. The, uh, the, the marriage that was the people and the government, the government actually was created by the people, but long ago, uh, you know, the, the, one of the parties has drifted so far away, has changed so much, and is not honoring the original commitment, honoring the original contract. And so ra- rather than going, whoa, 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 I've been out of line here. I'm sorry. Let's let's go to, you know, some kind of remediation. Let's fix this. The, the, the party that just kind of disintegrated the contract and pretended it's still going. But, and they're making up the rules now as they go along, always to the detriment of the people that were in the contract, the creators of government. They're now basically c- accusing the people of being like abusers, spousal abusers, the very right. thing that they are actually doing. So it's irrational. And since they hold most of the guns, as we talked about today, monopoly on the use of force, it becomes a very dangerous situation. It's like the spouse that is the abuser holding all of the guns and the abused spouse having no defense except to point out that it, 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 you see how difficult this is? Well, it's, but it's not a difficulty that's new. It's a difficulty that historically has always been the same thing. Look at the original revolution. The guns, the British had all the guns. The Americans didn't. The, the new nation did not. Uh, you know, you look at every situation in history, it's always the same. The ones that were in the right were weaker. They were smaller. Mm-hmm. They had to be the, uh, in the same situation as the David and the Goliath. So my point by bringing this up is that it's nothing new. This is not a new scenario. This is not a new issue that we have to sit here and think nor, through because it's the historically yeah. the precedence. And nor is the remedy new. Because if That's you're right. in an abusive relationship and one spouse won't come to the table and acknowledge wrongdoing and try to correct it, what do you do? You either annul it or, or get a divorce at that point because there's just no way you can remedy it. There's no rectification because one party is refusing to acknowledge the behavior that is so dangerously abusive. So at this and, point, my argument has always been to withdraw consent or just withdraw. The contract is dissolved. It's null and void. And I think that that's the reason that now you see the two billion rounds of ammunition that Homeland Security is purchasing, which, by the way, is um, exponential. I think we only used 70,000, no, I'm sorry, 700,000 rounds of ammunition during the Afghani and the Iraqi conflict. And that's almost three thousand times the amount of ammunition yeah but how, mu- how much ammunition does a, a, a spouse that's an abusive spouse need to keep the abused spouse in the relationship by force yeah. right yeah exactly i think three thousand times the amount of ammunition they used in a real war would probably suffice wouldn't I you guess, say I, I think at least they perceive it to be the case the question yeah. is we come back to the agents we come back to the military we come back to those who took this oath are they going to fire on the abused spouse to keep it in the relationship or are they going to acknowledge and recognize the right of dissolution it's written right in to the declaration of independence and at this point if there is no salvageability if there is no willingness of the government the people within it to honor the oath then what 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 are you left with what remedy are you left with and that's why i think it is important for us to remind everyone within our circle of influence 
just putting that out and everybody getting that message out mm -hmm. to remind all law enforcement and all military the oath they took because right now what Homeland Department of Homeland Security has is seven rounds of ammunition for every American citizen. Why do they need seven rounds of ammunition for every living human American citizen? I don't know. Well, again, it it doesn't sound good, but we're gonna we're gonna try and uplift this uh, today here on Advanced Medicine Monday. Doctor Rasha Batar is uh, on his way back, and he is stopping along the way to talk with us here as we do every Monday on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Check it all out, robertscottbell dot com. Of course, he is also the author of the international best selling book, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. And if you haven't picked that up, if you're new to the program, it is one of those basic books that I recommend to everybody. It will change your life for the better. And, of course, if you make it to the Advanced Medicine Seminar coming up the 19th and 20th in Charlotte, your life will be changed and transformed very rapidly over the course of one or two days, depending on if you're a health care provider or not. We'll get into that some more on the other side of this break. Live around the world, the Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Dr. Pitar, the same thing we want to do in holding our elected officials and even non-elected bureaucrats that hold an uphold an oath, if you will. There is an oath, at least it used to be a Hippocratic oath, but this concept of informed consent, according to the National Institutes of Health, your doctor must disclose and discuss the following in order to comply with informed consent laws. And this relates to not only vaccination, but even drugs and things or any treatment. Uh, what I'm going to read through this. You tell me if this is accurate here. It says your health problem and the reason for the treatment. I mean, isn't that reasonable? You got to let the patient know that, right? Yep. All right. What, what, what's going to happen during the treatment? You want to tell people that that's, that's fair, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the risks of the treatment and how likely they are to occur. Is that new news to you? Nope. Nope, not at all. How likely the treatment is to work. So some reasonable expectation of over the course of this treatment, this is the outcome we expect because of the history. All right. All right. Uh, how about other options? You let people know other options for treating your health problem if there are any. That's where the major violation today is, I believe, where mainstream medicine, because they do not go through all the other options. They only talk about the options that are considered, and I'll put this in quotes, yeah. standard of care, but they will not talk about other things that have historically worked. For example, honey, the example <laughs> yes. you give with the honey and mm -hmm. or, or any of the other, many, for example, chelation is a medical treatment that has defied every attack. In fact, even now the NIH study showed that the people that actually had the real EDTA chelation as opposed to the placebo fared much better mm -hmm. and that nobody's picked up that story. All the stories we're talking about in the study was in in the middle of the study and when all the attacks were coming to the study. But now once the conclusion has been made, nobody talks about that. And yet chelation has been studied and proven and been around for over 60 years, actually over almost 70 years now. Yes. But doctors will not talk about that option for treating. So they're, they're not, right there. There's not fully informed consent already there. Now, here's another aspect of informed consent. They say you must relate as a doctor unknown risks or possible side effects that may happen later. I mean, that seems reasonable. It is that's that. exactly right. And also, is the treatment needed now or can it wait? Do you have an option or is this a life and death matter? I mean, I think I'd want to know that. And this is another thing. So the, the, the second to the last mm -hmm. and this one mm -hmm. are the two where there's a massive breach with conventional medicine. Because this last one, if treatment is needed now or can wait. 
the urgency with which people are put onto the conveyor belt and told that they must get radiation, must get chemo or they're going to die, or they must get the three-vessel or the five-vessel cabbage done now or their heart's going to blow up, etc., etc. The urgency with which people are put into this conveyor belt and then the fear-mongering that is now perpetuated in order to get the person to be compliant with what the system wants, that in itself is the second breach where it says if treatment is needed now or can wait. So the other options for treating your health problem and if treatment is needed now or can wait, those are the two greatest breaches of, as far as I'm concerned, the ethical and fiduciary obligation that a doctor has to the patient. But as you where said, we consistently, yeah. where we consistently violate it in the medical profession. Yeah, but as you said, even prior to that, the other options for treating your health problem, I mean, my goodness, if you actually are going to give somebody informed consent, let's just talk about the issue of vaccination briefly, because that, this article at SaneVax is primarily starting there. I mean, can you imagine if doctors actually counsel their patients that it is possible to get through childhood and not get a disease, even if you don't vaccinate? I mean, that, that's an option right there by, by living healthy, by having proper sanitation, hygiene, and maybe use homeopathic medicine, maybe use silver. I mean, if a doctor were actually to do what it says they are supposed to do with informed consent— They'd be drummed out of their profession. Yeah, but here's the problem, Robert. There's one big assumption you're making, and that is that these doctors that are giving this wrong information, they have been manipulated and they have been propaganda. I don't know whether that's a right word. Yes. Yeah, they, they've been actually brainwashed into believing that what they're doing is the right thing. I cannot tell you how many times I've talked to doctors where they have gotten almost to the point of violent opposition. And you can tell that no, I mean, no, no matter how passionate I am about something, there's no reason for me to get to that level during a, just a discussion, a friendly discussion, unless it really hit a nerve. And I think these doctors, we've talked about this before, the doctors know in their heart what they're doing is wrong. Right. But they have been, in their entire life, they have done nothing but promote and propagate this information. And now even if they question it, it's not a comfortable place for them to question it. So the system has very ingeniously made the people that the public depends on, i.e. the doctors, they've brainwashed the doctors into believing their own garbage. So the propaganda machine has once again done its job by creating this myth, this illusion, this distraction. And, you know, the distraction here is... Oh, or you could get some life-threatening disease. The, 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 you know, the distraction is that we eradicated smallpox, never mind that it had a big correlation with the decline of DTP and some of these other massively destructive toxins that mankind had introduced into the global economy. Right. But these were distractions, and people didn't realize it, didn't know it, and now they don't know any better. And now you've got the doctors you know, through the educational process being uh, propagated the same way. They're, they're educated by the same system and they're told that what they're doing is the right thing, is the only thing, is the only acceptable thing. Right. Well, this is the case, and uh, that's why you listen to Advanced Medicine Monday here on the Robert Scott Bell Show with Dr. Rasha Bittar, because we're getting well beyond that and getting to the, you know, the heart of these matters. And we're not only helping you out there, but you docs that are out there listening as well, helping you to regain uh, integrity, sanity, etc. And maybe you didn't even know you had abandoned it because, as, you, as Dr. Batar just said, you have been fed a bunch of lies. You kind of played along because you had loans to pay back. You had a, you know, a family to take care of. But now, you know, it's the point of we got to get beyond that. We got to go to the point of the heart of what, you know, what is our survival and likelihood of survival 
in a system that is so bankrupt and corrupt that it is willing to sacrifice children. I mean, that's the nature of this informed consent article at Sainvax. And when you attack children, Robert, there's nothing lower that you can do. That is the lowest of the low, and those are fighting words, and that's what we've talked about today. That's when that fighting stance must be taken in order to protect your own. And, and that's, where we're, that's where we're leaving it. I know you got to head back, and you'll be en route, and I appreciate you being here, as always, each week. Safe journey, and uh, we'll get together again in person. Of course, we got another Advanced Medicine Monday to go before we're all together in Charlotte, the 19th and the 20th of this month, July. And I look forward to seeing you there, advancedmedicineseminars.com. We have the links in the show notes as well where you can sign up as a healthcare provider for both days, as a lay audience to come on down and interact with everybody on Saturday the 20th. Dr. Batar, thank you so much for helping me remind each and every one of you out there that the power to heal is yours. Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott Bell Show.